0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. wa ala amma ba'da. Alhamdulillah tonight is the 2nd of January in the year 2024 and alhamdulillah we're beginning the third and final month the 61st night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. And I've reached the point where I've mentioned that he's making the dua constantly, that he doesn't live until the seventh decade after the hijrah. And I mentioned why that was. Subhanallah, during those most troubled times, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. Sayyidina would still constantly make it crystal clear to one and all their eminent status of the grandsons of Rasulullah sallallahu and how much he would honor and love them. So again, just to insult your intelligence, the Banu Umayyah, there was the good down to the rotten. But they were very protective of their authority. Anybody who, thought, who they thought was a threat, they would be suspicious of them. So those who had little you know fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they even had these suspicions about Hassan al Hussein So Abu Huraira, who's in al Madina, if like you'd believe the mischief mongers he was a stone to Mayyith he would also have something against Hassan al Hussein But he made it crystal clear he had nothing but love for them. So for instance in Sahih Bukhari number 5884, Bazar in his Musnad number eight thousand one hundred and fifty-five or 14 3 Bukhari Allah double Mufad number 1183, and Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Hassan in his checking. So this hadith, most of it is in Bukhari Sharif. Some of it is in Bazar. But even the bit that is not in Bukhari Sharif, Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah Ali said it's authentic. So it's a combined report. Sayyidina Abu Huraira he said illa <laughs> I never saw Hassan without my eyes watering with tears. This is because Rasulullah one day went out and I found him in the masjid. He then took my hand and I went along with him stop in the report so he gives the answer first so what did abu halayla say i never saw hassan but my eyes would fill with tears think about that how much love is that because you just look at him and then he goes the eyes would fill with tears then he mentioned an incident explaining this statement he goes once i went and i found the prophet in the masjid sallallahu he took my hunt and I went along with him. Look how beautiful that is. The Prophet took Abu Hurairah's hunt. He goes, Let's go. He did not speak to me until we came to the market of Banu Qaynuqa. He then walks around the market and looked. I next walked with him until we arrived in the dwelling of Fatima al Zahra. stop in the report. So, look how strange. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa holding the hand of Abu Huraira and they're walking and walking they go to the marketplace of Banu Qainuqa and Abu Huraira goes it looks like he's looking for somebody but he's not said anything because he's just keeping quiet I'm holding his blessed hand then he goes we arrived in his daughter's dwelling Fatima he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sat in the courtyard he didn't enter and he said three times Aynu where is the little one? He was calling for his grandson Hassan. Fatima الله, was on the other side getting Hassan ready. And because we realized she was bathing and dressing him, Rasulullah and I left after a short while. So, stop in the report. So, he's looking for Hassan. And how did he address him? Ainu, Ain al Luqa. Where is the little one? So, Abu Hurairah, this is his sharpness. He noticed some time is taking place. He realized that Fatima is giving him a bath, putting some flesh clothes on him. And, therefore Rasulullah and Abu Hurairah, because we both left again, meaning give time to Fatima to prepare Hasan, after sitting down in the masjid, so note again he's gone back to the masjid. How much time did the Prophet spend in the masjid? After sitting down in the masjid, Rasulullah again said three times, Aina luqa, Where is the little one? Call the little one to me. Hassan radiyallahu <laughs> then came running and around his neck he was wearing a necklace, eye of beads. He fell in Rasulullah's lap and put his hand on his beard, The Prophet then opened his mouth and kissed him. I put his mouth on Hassan's. He thereupon said. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Mm-hmm. Allahumma inni uhibbo. Fa waahibba man yuhibbo. Mm-hmm. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I love him. Those love him. And love the one who loves him. Mm-hmm. Subhanallah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I love him. Those love him. And love the one who loves him. So let's look at this one. So Abu Hurairah starts the entire report by saying, I never saw Hassan without my eyes filling with tears. He's explaining why that is. He goes, look how much love Rasulullah had for him. He goes, where's the little one? Looking all over him. And eventually he goes back to the masjid and he comes. And then he's playing with the Prophet and the Prophet kisses him. Now this dua is very important for us. Because when Rasulullah makes du'a, that's guaranteed. What du'a did he make? Sallallahu oh alayhi Wasallam. sallam. Allahumma inni uhibbu, O Allah, subhanahu wa Taala, I love him. Faahibbu waahibba. I love him, thus love him. Waahibba man yuhibb. And love the one who loves him. So, Rasulullah says to, very humbly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I love him. Oh, my Lord, you love him. The third part is for this. Love the one who loves him. Meaning, whoever loves my grandson. Oh, my Lord, you love him. So, let me ask you a question. Did Abu Hurairah love Hassan? <laughs> see, this is the beauty of the Sahaba. Sometimes they give you the answer first. But then he explained. He goes, when I see Hassan, he goes, He He goes, I just can't stop weeping because I know how much the Prophet loved him. But look at the background of this. (laughs) He's in al Madina. who's in authority, Banu Umayyah. He doesn't give a monkeys, right? He goes, I love him. He goes, I'm going to be always mentioning this. I don't care what you think, whether he's a threat to your authority or not. Indeed, Abu Hurairah, radiallahu, would publicly show his love and affection for the dear grandson of Rasulullah. For instance, Omer ibn Ishaq said, I was with Hassan ibn Ali when we met Abu Hurairah. And Abu Hurairah said, Show me where I might kiss you in the place where I saw Rasulullah kiss. Hassan replied, Al-Qamiesa. Those Abu Hurairah kissed the front of his surah, i.e., his stomach. SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, 2-255, graded Hassan, al Sahaba, volume 3, page 575 of the New English translation. So now, why is this an important report? Because was he hiding it? No. He's thinking, okay, political climate, just be a bit careful. Don't cause any problems. You know, don't stir emotions up. And people might get a bit hot under the collar. He didn't give a monkey's. He saw Hassan and he goes, Show me where I might kiss you, where the Prophet kissed you. And I think about this, where did the Prophet kiss him? On his stomach. So normally you think, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I <laughs> maybe on the head or, and look what Abu Hassan did. He goes, al And Abu Huraira then, respectfully kissed the very spot on the stomach where Rasulullah kissed him. Publicly. <laughs> he showed that to everybody. And that also shows there's no such thing as a Ribbundun Sunnah. Some people say, oh well, there's certain things the Prophet did, you know, we don't need to do it. Tell Abu Hurairah that, right? You, know, you could argue there, well, just kissing, that's kissing him is enough. Why do you need to kiss the Blessed grandson on the stomach? Because the Prophet did it, In another report, Abu Hurairah, he said, we were once offering the Isha prayer with Rasulullah sallallahu during which, when Rasulullah would go into sujood, Hassan and Hussein would thereupon jump onto his back. When the Prophet would raise his noble head, he would then gently hold both of them and pull them down off his back. When he would go into prostration once more, they would once again jump onto his blessed back once more. <laughs> to stop in the report. Who's narrating this? Abu Hurairah. So, look at the graphic way he's describing it because Rasulullah is playing Isha. and when he went into sujood and these kids are like this, they just wait for the opportunity and they thought best time to get the Prophet is in sujood So when he went into sujood, both of them jumped on him, imagine did the Prophet start saying Astaghfirullah, you know, this is how I taught you, nothing He just stayed in sujood And then because they weren't getting off (laughs) <laughs> the Prophet had to get up, but he very slowly got up and he made sure that he didn't harm them. And then they got off. Then he went back into the sujood and they jumped on his back again. Sallallahu alayhi When he finished his salah, he thereupon placed both of his grandson upon his knees, one on the right and the other on the left. So after the salah they're sitting on his mubarak lap, sallallahu alayhi So Abu Huraira said, I said, Ya Rasulullah Shall I take them both to their mother? Look how respectful he was. He's thinking maybe the kids are you know, troubling Rasulullah. But he didn't say that. He just said, If you want, I'll, I'll take them to their mother Ya Rasulullah The Prophet said, No. Then after a short while, lightning flashed. And the lightning remained in the sky. He thereupon said to his grandsons, Go to your mother. <laughs> Hence, they both walked in that light and went to their mother. And only then did the lightning strike disappear. <laughs> Subhanallah. So, where is this recorded? In Imam Ahmed in his Musnad, Bazar Hakim in his Mustadrak, number 4782 or 3 183, Sahih, to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Zahabi Sahih. al Haythami in Majma al Zawaid volume well 9, page 181, stated Sahih. Sheikh Albani stated, Sayyid, Behaki, Abu Nu'aym and his Dalai Al Nubu, 'ah, page 205, Al Bidayah, volume 6, page 152, related similar. So it's a flawless report. So, why am I mentioning these reports? Because how can Abu Huraira narrate these reports and not have love for the Prophet's grandchildren? He was describing how much the Prophet loved them. And the miracle. <laughs> you know, we get used to the miracle, should we like Bani Israel? Oh, that's another miracle. <laughs> Just reflect upon how how's you know what is this? Lightning strike, you can only catch with a still photograph. <laughs> you know, all you see live in live motion is a flash, and then you think, what was that? It's lightning. But you can't say, Oh, did you see the sneak? Nobody can see the sneak. It's only when you catch it by chance. Imagine in the blessed city of the Prophet, ﷺ, lightning strike. It's now done. Lightning is ten times brighter than the sun. So imagine, Isha is Isha. <laughs> now suddenly it's ten times brighter than Zohr. <laughs> you know, just think about it. <laughs> <You> think, <what? laughs> now why did that happen? Because it was dark. Rasulullah, he was worried of his grandchildren. <laughs> so when Abu Hurairah goes, I'll take them Ya Rasulullah. He goes, no. <laughs> As if Allah, he wanted Allah to, Allah to do something. And Allah the Almighty caused a lightning flash. He goes, Now go. So, Abu, imagine the Sa'ab seeing this. What is this? But they said, These are the grandsons of the Prophet. Subhanallah, how many countless miracles did Abu Hurairah observe during his lifetime? You know, we lose count. One miracle would you know, make our Iman go through the roof. If somebody goes, Oh, you've only seen one. He goes, How many have you seen? Imagine thousands, probably daily occurrence. So, another report. Makbari Rahmatullah he relates: We were once with Sayyidina Abu Huraira radhiyallahu when Hassan ibn Ali arrived, and gave us salam. So, picture the scene, Abu Huraira is in a gathering, radhiyallahu, and Hassan comes in the distance, radhiyallahu. he goes, As-salamu alaykum. The people returned the greeting. But Sayyidina Abu Huraira radhiyallahu was unaware of what happened, until somebody had to... Tell him, because that was Hassan ibn Ali, Who gave you salam? Stop in the report. Why was he nowhere? So maybe he was doing a dars So when a person is giving you, addressing the people, he's, he becomes oblivious. So Hassan, and this is this is the adab of salam. So when you come into a gathering, you give it in a way that you don't disrupt the circle. So this proves it. Hassan gave the salam. So if people maybe just come in and they say wa alaikum salam. So, don't think ill of Abu Huraira. But the people got hurt. That's why. So, somebody goes, Oh, companion of the Prophet. That was the grandson of the Prophet. He gave you salam. Mm-hmm. Abu Huraira immediately rushed to her son, And he said, Wa alaikum salam, ya Sayyid. He goes, peace be upon you, O my master. Mm-hmm. Then people asked Abu Huraira, He goes, why did you call him Sayyid? Your master. This is people, you know, they always, you know, (laughs) mashallah. So Abu Huraira replied, I testify that I have heard Rasulullah say he is a Sayyid, he is a master. (laughs) So now, where's this record? This is in Tabarani, Al Haytami in Majma Al zawaid volume 9, page 187, stated Sahih. Hayat al Sahaba, volume 3, page 575 to 6. Hakim in his Mustadrak, volume 3, page 169. (coughs) Abu Ya'ala. Ibn Asakir Qanzul Umar volume 7 page 104 Related similar So Notice He would never ever Disrespect the Grandchildren of the Prophet And if he appeared Even if he appeared so He would immediately rectify that Why? Because people might look into this He didn't waste time He rushed Wa Alaikum salam ya Sayyid And then the people go Why are you calling him Sayyid? Because <laughs> Rasulullah called him Sayyid When? I mentioned the hadith a few nights back He's on the pulpit, وسلم, and his blessed grandson's next to him. He goes, This son of mine is Sayyid. And I hope that he will bring peace to two large warring Muslim factions. So he called him Sayyid. Now, why did he call him Sayyid? I should have mentioned. Obviously, he's, he's, a, he's a master, he's a chief. But Rasulullah was hinting, he's going to abdicate. Because he abdicates, normally you lose that title. You understand? So if you're a king and you abdicate, you're no longer king. So Rasulullah said, he is Sayyid. Meaning even if he does abdicate, he's a master. So look how beautiful the Prophet said things, but only later people will appreciate that. So here Abu Hurairah said the same. he goes, he is Sayyid. I heard the Prophet say. And notice, maybe these were the Umayyads. Always thinking, look, look, you know, oh, no, is he like one of them? And he's thinking, I don't give a monkey what you're thinking. So now Hassan, he lived into Muawiyah's caliphate. He gave the caliphate up. Did he stipulate that I will take the khilafat or Muawiyah, if you die? So this is what some people mention. Because one of the conditions for his abdication was, he goes, O Muawiyah, if you die, I will become Khalif once more. The scholars... They state, this is not correct. <laughs> because why would he give the khilafah And then one it back. <laughs> so most of the ulama said, that's not correct. It is mentioned, <laughs> is mentioned in the books, but everything is mentioned in the books. <laughs> you can find, you know, everything in the books. The authentic report says he gave it up. <laughs> the scholars then mention something very beautiful. They state in Abu Nu'aim al-Hilya Sahih hadith, the Prophet wasallam said, Whoever gives up something for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah gives them something better mm. in its place. Mm. So how does that apply to Hassan? He gave the Khilafat of him. Mm. The scholars say, Because now his son, Imam Mahdi, will become the Khalifa at the end of time. Mm. Allah has given him something better. because he'll be the khalif, probably of most of the world. Mm. So look how beautiful that is. That's why Imam Mahdi is from the lineage of Hassan. Mm-hmm. Because he gave the Khilafat. Mm-hmm. So note, when you do things, you might think, oh why? The Prophet's words are true. You will get something better. Mm-hmm. So note again, the Prophet was calling him Sayyid. But now, he passed away Hassan in muawiyah's Khalifat. So how long was muawiyah's Khalifat? Anybody know? 20 years. 20 years, mashallah. Right? So, halfway through, just before the 10th, son passed away. And it's a long narrative, but somebody had poisoned him. Astaghfirullah. So who it was, Allah knows. We know who it wasn't. It wasn't Muawiyah, it wasn't his son, Yazid. Who it was, you can speculate. But what does the Quran say? Beware of speculation. right? So, sticking your neck out, maybe it was a Kharijite, or maybe it was a, you know, a troublesome Umayyad who taught you know, he's too close to authority. We need to take him out. Whatever the case, we're not interested. Right? Allah knows was best, but he was poisoned. Now, that's also not on the Why? Because who else was poisoned? His grandfather, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Jew poisoned him. U.S. when she became Muslim. <coughs> so, how many people leave the world poisoned? That's a Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Allatala gave that to Hassan. And amongst the Imams, Imam Abu Hanifa was poisoned as well. So this is a unique honor for some of the great souls. So don't think, you know, who poisoned, the honor was given to Hassan. But now, Hassan he had wished to be buried next to Rasulullah. So think about that. He said, you know, it is my dearest wish. If there's no problems that I'll be buried next to my grandfather. Tragically, this was not to be. What happened? In Al-Bidayah, in the chapter on the rule of Muawiyah, Sayyidina Najab ibn Abdullah, he relates, I saw Hassan ibn Ali, on the day he passed away. And subhanallah, conflict almost broke out. Between Hussein and Marwan ibn al-Hakam, after Hassan had instructed his brother to bury him with Rasulullah, however, if some mishap or battle were to occur due to it, you should bury me in Mm Al-Baqi. So he gave the instruction to Hussein. He goes, if all is well, bury me next to Rasulullah. But if things get heated up. And you are on the verge of drawing swords. I order you to bury me in Baqi. So what happened? That's exactly what happened. Marwan goes, what's happening? So the report continues. Even though Marwan was in a report and distant place at the time, he objected to allowing Hassan to be buried with Rasulullah. In a bid to please Muawiyah, or so he thought. So that was his mindset. Marwan was the governor of the Muawiyah, and he was thinking, I can't let Hassan be buried next to the Prophet. He goes, This will hurt Amir al Mu'mineen. Did Amir al Mu'mineen give that order? No. So this shows that this was the you know, you know, tribalism. In <laughs> you know, other words, because this is a big blotch on the Umayyads. He I can't let Hassan be buried. In fact, the report says Marwan never ceased to be an enemy of the Banu Hashim until his death. This is important to explain. It doesn't mean he hated them, but it means he considered them a threat to their authority. So, who was the Sayyid of the Banu Hashim? Hassan, Hussein. So, like you said, nothing personal, but this is, this is business. <laughs> right? So, this is the report. Then it continues. That day Jabbar said, I spoke to Hussein Ibn Ali, Radiyullah. <laughs> <O> Abu Abdullah, fear Allah <laughs> For your brother did not like what you see, eye conflict. Therefore bury him in Al-Baqi with your mother Fatima He acted accordingly. So what happened? Hussein had so got so angry, he was gonna draw his sword. <laughs> and Jabur you know one of the oldest companies companions alive he, he, he got in the way he goes listen oh grandson of the Prophet he goes your brother he hated conflict he gave the he because he gave it up he goes he instructed you that you are not to get involved and look what he said bury him in Baki then he added something with your mother now why is that interesting because some people they say they don't. we don't know where Fatima is buried then you say, Jabr did. Radhiya Allah, <laughs> right? And he goes, who's Jabr? Well, you problem, ain't you? Right, he goes, bury him next to his mother, Ay Fatima, radhiya Allah. And this was executed. And one other report to finish. In Ibn Sa'd, in his Tabakaat, one 3 4 Sahih. Hafiz Ibn Al-Ateer, in his Asad Al-Ghabah, Volume 3, page 20, of the Urdu translation. Abu Hazim, rahmatullahi, he added, when Hassan was dying, الله, he said to Hussain, bury me with my father, وسلم, unless you fear bloodshed. Mm-hmm. If you fear bloodshed, do not shed blood on my account, but bury me in the graveyard of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. He made it clear. Mm-hmm. When he passed away to glory, Radiyallahu immediately put on his armor, <laughs> And he gathered his freed slaves. Meaning, I don't give a monkey, I'm going to take anybody who tries to stop me burying my brother next to the Prophet But, subhanAllah, Abu Huraira approached. Abu Huraira anhu said, O oh, beloved grandson of the Prophet وسلم, I urge you, by Allah Taala, remember your brother's instructions. For the people will never let you off until there is bloodshed amongst you. Mm. Meaning, if you persist, definitely blood is going to be spilled. Mm. Because you're going to cause bloodshed when your brother gave you instructions. Because I, I beg you, don't do it. Mm. Hussein kept turning away from Abu Hurairah. <laughs> Abu Hurairah was begging him. He wasn't letting go of him. Eventually, Hussein said, As you wish. <laughs> SubhanAllah. <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> Hassan, who was thus buried in Janatul al Abu Huraira was overwhelmed with grief. He thereupon said at the injustice, Subhanallah, if the son of Musa, wasalam, was brought to be buried with his father, and you prevented that, would that not be unjust? They said, indeed. Upon which he replied, this is the son of Rasulullah. Who was being brought to be buried next to his father? And look at how you treated him. Because look at how you treated him. So look how beautiful. He was so upset. But he didn't show it to Hussein. He said to Hussein, he goes, Don't do it. He goes, Don't cause bloodshed. And then when he left, he, he was overcome with grief. He goes, What have you done? He goes, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Imagine, it's true. If Somebody goes, the son of Musa alayhi salatu wants to be buried next to Musa alayhi salatu Would any Muslim, they would They would say, who are we to stop you? Of course, he goes, Rasulullah's son was prevented. Because how could you allow that to happen? Look how beautiful. He stopped the bloodshed. But at the same time, he made it clear. He goes, what a bad thing you've done by stopping Hassan being buried next to his grandfather so now what do you, what you learn? If Abu Huraira wasn't there, you know, learn your history, what would have happened? First he was standing away from Abu Huraira. Why? Because he couldn't speak to him. Because obviously like his uncle. He goes, don't do it. I'm not letting you go. And he kept. Then he looked and he, he goes, all right. As you wish. But it broke Abu Huraira's heart. He goes, I stopped him. But I had to stop him. And then he told the people, all of them, because shame on you all, because you stopped Rasulullah's grandson from being buried next to him. But the decree had to take place. What's the decree? There was only one space left. And that space is reserved for Isa. So this is what happens when you're fighting Qadr. You can't defeat Qadr. <laughs> Qadr is the will of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But. Hussain and what's interesting you could argue well, what, what was Hussain doing? So the response here is when you disobey somebody if he's a person of authority it's a grave sin. But if you disobey somebody out of love that's not a sin. For example when Rasulullah sallallahu told Ali الله, take out Rasulullah when he was signing the treaty Ali point blank said I can't do it. Somebody goes, well, he's become kafir. Allah's plot, mate. Right? He goes, of course he's not kafir. He just couldn't do it out of love. That's in Bukhari Sharif. Another example. <coughs> in Sahih Bukhari, the Prophet he was ill. Abu Bakr's leading the prayer. He comes out, he gets some strength, and alayhi wa sallam, and the people get Abu Bakr's attention. And he, he never looks, the hadith says, but then, because there was so much, you know, commotion, he looks side, he sees the Prophet, he starts walking backwards. Rasulullah then, Points to him. He goes, stay where you are. Mm. Abu Bakr raises his hands, and then he still keeps walking backwards. So Rasulullah then takes the place. When he finishes the prayer, he first turns to Abu Bakr. He goes, why did you walk back when I pointed to you to stay? Mm. Abu Bakr said, "The golden life, right. He goes, "How dare the son of Abu Kahafa lead the prayer in the presence of Rasulullah?" So is. <laughs> Subhanallah. Look at the way he said it. He didn't even mention his name. Because i not even worthy to be mentioned with you, are Rasulullah. How dare the son of Abu Qahafa lead the prayer in the presence of Rasulullah? Somebody goes, Kafr. He goes, Boy, oh, you're out of love. So the scholars say, when you don't o- obey the command out of love, no problem. So Hussein, that, this is what was happening here. Don't start saying silly things about Hussein. Oh, he disobeyed his brother. He goes, he couldn't do it. Only Abu Hurairah brought him around. He goes, don't do it. I'm not going to let go. And... If Abu Hurairah was not there, imagine the turmoil that would have happened. You would have gotten more bloodshed in the city of the Prophet. That's like, like I mentioned again and again, he was a, such a blessing for the city of the Prophet so, so all of this again is highlighting how much he loved the Ahl al hmm. Very important to highlight this because people say he was an Umayyad, stone Umayyad. What was the whole of today's session explain that? <laughs> and then he goes, oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Right? And then he goes, look, he was a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And notice, because the Surah last buried there. As if Allah didn't want problems anymore in the holy city of his there. Are there any questions you like <coughs> to ask? <them>? Subhanallah <coughs>